Hey everybody, this is Jocelyn and welcome to this edition of The Leap. Um, joining me today is Brian Tleskowski. Brian is the founder of Illuminate. And Brian, I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me, Jocelyn. Absolutely. And so Brian and I were connected. Uh, it turns out that we actually have a number of people connected in our world. And I was following some of the, the posts that you were sharing and some of the work that you're putting in the world. And I, I jumped on that really quick and said, okay, let's, let's talk. I'd love to learn a little bit about um, what you do with Illuminate and your journey that brought you into taking the leap of faith of creating this experience. Nice. Well, it's, it's, been a, it's been a long and winding road, as the Beatles say. Um, God, it's been 10 years uh, the, to this year that I stepped out of the world of working for other and deciding to take the reins for myself. 10 years ago, I um, actually about 12 years ago, I was going through the dark night of the soul, the Saturn return, whatever you want to call it, uh, experiencing a, a lot of just internal struggle. And I decided to um, leave the corporate world and get into massage therapy. And I studied that for a long time. Like I said, 10 years ago, I enrolled in massage school and um, studied. I've been a practitioner, full-time practitioner for nine years now. And with that, um, realizing that I really love helping and supporting and people on their journey, primarily because like I've been doing that myself, right? Like as I got injured working in the construction field, I helped myself go through different therapies and I understand the personal journey myself. In addition to that, I've been also on my own sort of self-study of spiritual growth, personal growth, leadership, um, philosophy, all sorts of stuff that I've been studying on my own, uh, Native American studies, et cetera, in the last 10 years in concurrence to me studying massage. And about four or five years into my uh, bodywork practice, I started having clients tell me, you know what, I don't know if I want a, a massage today, but I'd love to just talk about something that's going on in my life. Are you okay with that? And initially I was like, uh yeah that's kind of different for me but okay let's do this but what i didn't really realize until years later that i had been supporting friends and family on relationship issues and all sorts of stuff almost probably since high school right and it wasn't until about two or three two years ago that i was like you know what there's this idea that i want to be a coach but i don't know how that's going to look yet and so i've continued doing the body work stuff and the body work that i do um, isn't typical spa massage, right? So it's, it's therapeutic, it's acknowledging, um, it's educative, it's educative, number one, teaching people understanding about their bodies. And I'll be doing a workshop later today on that. Um, but also too, acknowledging that there's energetic, emotional, and uh, physical traumas that are locked in the body sometimes. So having to acknowledge that and work that out with people is huge, right? Sometimes they don't even understand why, or they don't understand that you know, they may be walking around like this. And so helping them understand their own bodies and through that, as I, like I said, as I've done my own inner work, um, people started coming to me to support them. And about uh, two years ago, I moved to, to Denver to really kind of test out my coaching practice and launch it. And I got a lot of amazing things out of that. And I just returned to live in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I'm currently at. And I just launched this new business, Illuminate. And, and the foundations of it are coaching, primarily accountability coaching, teaching, which is something who I've been doing my entire life, and, and body work. And what's really funny is all the way back to high school, actually, um, people used to walk up to me, look at me and I go, are you a teacher? You're a teacher, aren't you? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because for me, as we said earlier, the paradigm as a teacher is someone who goes to a, a an institution, right? And stands in front of people and does things. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. But at my heart, I am a teacher. I, I love learning constantly, constantly self-study and learning from others. And as the spiritual path says, everyone's your guru, right? Everyone is an opportunity to learn and grow, especially the people who challenge you or trigger you. Those people especially 
are your teacher because they're really just showing you what you need to look at on the inside. And so I've lived in six states. Uh, coaching is my fourth career. Body work's my third career. Before that, I was a plumber and working construction. Before that, was photography. So I have quite a resume of experience. And, um, and even in the realm of relationships, like I've um, used to hold a lot of shame around this, but I've had a lot of experience in relationships and learning different ways they can, they can unfold and how it can work with romantic connections, right? <clears throat> so for me, all this sort of culminates through personal experience uh, in how I help support my clients, both on the bodywork table and with coaching. And so for me, that's a broad stroke of how I've got to where I am now. And as we said earlier, we were talking, I've kind of always been a truth seeker and always looking for more information and always believing what's been handed to me directly and, and always wanting to look under rocks and look under things and use myself as, as the test, right? Like I throw myself into situations so that I can fully understand them. So when I see other people going through them, I can help support them, not in the sense of, I know what I'm doing, so you need to follow me. It's, hey, I've been through this. I have an idea. I don't know what your specific situation is. I have empathy towards that. And with that, here are some questions that help you understand your situation, right? Because my belief, and the, the reason I call my business Illuminate, is my belief is that all the answers are here. They're in, in you. They're not in me, right? And the external or the old paradigm is that we need to look externally for all the answers. When in reality, they're all here, right? And that idea is slowly starting to become believed and understood and accepted in society. Uh, and I'm just continuing to, to share that idea, right? So when I work with people, a lot of it's me asking them questions, offering them tools. You know, I have a lovely saying I came up with years ago, lead a horse to water, teach him how to fish. And, and it, I've, yes, I've merged a few parables yeah, there, you know, but in that idea, it, it's because I feel like I needed both of those to prove what I was doing, not to prove it, to, to demonstrate what I was doing, right? Like, I'm going to give you tools, I'm going to show you how to use them, and I'm going to point you out the water and say, have at it, kid, you know, um, because that's, it's, it's, there's this other lovely saying that I've been using recently is, um, no one can do it for you and you can't do it alone, right? We need community, we need support, we need coaches, spiritual teachers, leaders, friends, family, loved ones to, to help support us on our journey. But you have to walk through the fire yourself yeah. at the end of the day. So. Yeah. So, so many things I want to touch upon. Um, I want to start <clears throat> with what we were kind of talking about before we, we got on the recording um, about exactly what's kind of happening in our, in our world right now, right? Here we are, we are, have all been asked or forced, depending on where you are in the world, um, to stay home or to, to disengage with what has, had been up until this point our standard of living, whether it's going to work or your children going to school, and that, that's by and large, right? That's not everybody. But by and large, we've been asked by Mother, by mother Earth. We've all been sent to our room for a time out. To think about, think what, about what you've been doing. Yes, <laughs> think about what we've been doing. And, and one of the things, a couple of things that we touched upon, one of which is you and I have had many conversations with our own circles of communities. And the communities that we've found that are more entrepreneurial are we're calmer at, at peace with ourselves. And then there's the dichotomy of people who are reliant upon, you know, a job external to themselves that are having a little more challenge with this new space um, mm -hmm. that they're living in. I'm curious what your thoughts are and why that is. I love this. And actually, I've had this conversation a lot in the last few weeks. So um, as being an entrepreneurial mind, and I just want to say, I remember a moment in, oh, God, was it sixth grade, fifth grade, when I learned about what entrepreneurial, what that was. And I looked at it, I'm like, I never want that. <laughs> and what's funny is like now I'm on the other end going, I never want 
Meaning I never want to work in a nine to five or, you know, I'll be a contractor, subcontractor, 1099 something, you know, but that, that's it at this point. So, um, yeah, talking with a lot of my other entrepreneurial friends is this, why we have a better insight at what's going on is this lovely quote that I came up with, with that I saw the other day, which was, you can't stop the wave, but you can learn to surf. And entrepreneurs, like, we've got our board, man. We got our board and we know what to do. And as I was saying, like, we're going to get knocked down. It's not if, but when. Entrepreneurs can ride that awesome wave and it can have this great idea and then we lose it. We biff it and totally eat it. But the thing is, is we find our board again, hop back on and keep going. And yeah, it sucks, but we don't make a deal out of it, right? We learn to sort of be in this flow because there's this constant, there, there's a blessing and a curse of constantly coming up with new content, new ideas, new structures, new paradigms to want to teach out. The same thing musicians have too, right? Musicians have this sort of problem where they record something and it's like awesome. And by the time they go to release it, they've already moved on, right? And so they're playing old music. So sometimes they have this weird sort of like dissonance in a way. Um, so with that, that's why I feel like with what's going on right now is there's been a proverbial curveball that's been thrown at, at the world. Stay home, sit home, do nothing. And entrepreneurs are like, great, how can I make this work for me? And for me, I'm like, great, I'm going to offer an online class now and something I've been wanting to do. And it also in this time in the last two weeks, it's given me a chance to sit at home and crank out a lot of new content and material that I'm going to be releasing over the next month or so right and that's going to be a constant and so for me i see this like hell yeah we got lots of time i'm going to do this i'm excited and i have an audience right now i mean everyone's like staring at their social media going what am i doing right now and so that does that make sense that's why i think entrepreneurs just like bring it man bring a challenge and i, I think another thing that came to me was if you present an obstacle or a wall to an entrepreneur, they're going to grab their climbing gear and they're going to find a way over it. And they're excited about it. Whereas if you, you know, taking that and flipping it, uh, what I call the nine to fivers, which is basically people who are working for an, or an external organization, as you said, that's not them. They're an entity to it or they're an external entity to it is that they're kind of caught in the cog of society, right? They are, and, and I don't mean to be belittling this, but this is just my perspective on it, is that they're told when to show up, when to have lunch, when to go home, and then somewhere on the extremities of that, they need to eat and they need to take care of kids or sleep or have social time. But there is so much structure in their life. It's kind of like being in, in, in grade school or high school or university, right? Where it's just like, okay, you have to be here to here. This is what you have to do. This is structure. This is regimented. And your entire year is literally has an itinerary, you know, especially athletes. I don't know if you people know athletes, but like athletes literally from the time they start athletics to the time they get out of it, they don't have a second of their own time. It's all structured, right? And so people like that, when all of a sudden they're thrown into free fall, which is what we are all in as a globe right now, no one's got a map of what's going on. No one's got an idea. And anyone who says they have a definitive is throwing you a line. Um, they're freaking out. They're literally, and, and this is a joke, and I love to bring Hubert, they're literally pooping their pants right now, right? That's why toilet paper's flying off the shelf. <laughs> Say that answer, because I wondered. <laughs> Because they're scared, and, and rightfully so. They've been living in a structured world for so long, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what they've chosen, and, and that's fine. But now we're in the opposite of that. And, um, but as we kind of said before we got on the call is, the reality is, here's the kicker, kids. We've never been in control. We've never, ever, ever, ever been in control. There's this illusion of control with money, with job, and there's this illusion of control. Or security. Or security. I'm going to go with security versus, yes, some of it's control of, of being able to control, like, um, and I, I'm, you know, I, I have a foot in both worlds. So I have a foot in the nine to five and I have an extreme amount of interest in entrepreneurialism. And, you know, I, yes, I do have my own um, LLC and I've owned, I've owned my own businesses. 
Um, so I, I have I have a foot in both worlds, and I will tell you from my own sitting, there is a sense that sense of security of um, going to the nine to five and having a little bit of structure that does feel good. That does for me, and it and and you know, even into this week, just this week we announced my company as furloughs, um, and and I knew it was coming, and I walked into it with a, a sense of of peace with it because I knew it was coming. Um, you know, just, it was just a matter of when. Um, and expressing a lot of gratitude about the security I do have in my life. I have a roof over my head. I have food in the pantry. I've got, you know, money in the bank. So I'm secure in a lot of ways. Um, but I also want to, to touch on that fear piece because the, the fear piece that didn't really hit me, and I'm fortunate in that, um, Certainly a lot of my colleagues are feeling that and, and it's being felt around the world in, in many different ways of what's next. But you, you, like I said, you and I talked about this earlier, that we never had a crystal ball of what tomorrow was going to bring. What the nine to five or what the, the working for somebody else brought, um, brought a little bit of sense of, okay, I have a plan of what tomorrow is going to be. The reality is that regardless of where you are or whatever your work situation or your life situation, you can always make those plans. And if that feels good, I encourage it because it feels good for me. Um, I, like to, I like to have some concept of what tomorrow, you know, looking forward to something for tomorrow. What I'm finding though, by and large, regardless of where you are, is people are now having to sit with themselves, sit with their loved ones, um, in their marriages, whether you know they realize their marriage was healthy or not, or with the the people that are in their world and in their life that they have been so busy going from place to place to place to place, or the thing to thing to thing to thing, now are sitting, you know, spending more time with these people, or spending more time with themselves, and this is where the inner work begins. And you're nodding your head, and I don't know if we'll use this as a, a I don't know if we'll use this as a, as a video too, and I'm certainly open to that. We can talk about it afterwards. Um, but I obviously, you're in agreement with me. Is this is this is the ripe opportunity, and I see I see this as an opportunity for the world. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, in, in as we kind of said, uh, I've heard it from various forms, various teachers and sources, is that. <clears throat> when we when one in an individual is working in nine to five oh not even nine to five anymore heck in denver people are working 80 90 hours a week and they're proud of it sometimes in some really weird way um there's no time to to make your own food right you you have to you have to you have to outsource that uh, you have to outsource child care if you have a relationship good luck on finding any time for that inside of all of that let alone inner work or time for yourself to sit quietly and and this is something that i personally experienced um is that when we get so used to plugging into these things and distracting ourselves with phones with tv okay. with other um any moment we even have 30 seconds to sit by ourselves sometimes people will start to go crazy and because they're used to being distracted and there's so many let's just say demons or skeletons in the closet that they need to work out but they're running from and that's the inner work that we're talking about right mm -hmm. and what i have found is it, it, it it's it's not an easy journey but it, like i have this on my home page if you want to get on the journey of looking into the light and doing your inner work i honor you for that it is not an easy journey, but it's totally worth it. Because after me doing it for such a period of time, I can sit in silence and in peace in a room for hours. And I'm just like, this is nice. Because I don't have anything, you know, biting at me. And if I do, I look at it and I work through it. And I don't want to be like, sort of like on high about that. But, you know, I feel like a lot of people who I know who have been on this journey, and I'm curious about you, Jocelyn, like, doing your work for so long i mean i know you we have connections through landmark and there's a lot of other companies out there that do this but like do you feel that's true like you've been doing your work so you can find those times of peace and quiet and feel comfortable inside of them yeah that's exactly it that's exactly it and and i knew inside of me that 
I actually had to return to some of that because I, I got off track for a while, for about a year. And um, starting at the end of, of 2019, you know, I had something that, that occurred in my world that actually was in September. I had a moment in September where I received an email that shot me straight up and said, oh my gosh, I've lost my connection. Mm. I've lost my connection to me. And I knew right. it in that moment. And then I've been in resistance ever since. Here right. I start April uh, of 2020. And, and I've known it. And yet I know what it is that I, that I need to do. What I need to do is actually like pay attention to me and get back to the things that help me to grow me. I also want to, the, to, to, to stay, start on something too, because I had this conversation with a, another guest um, recently. She was talking about you know, this piece of being busy, unbusy, and running. And I, I so one of the one of my practices, I do um, something called journey work, and it's it's a it's a semi meditative practice where you actually visualize. And I'm a highly visual person, so one of the recent journeys I did was literally me running, but it wasn't running away; it was actually running toward. And, and I want to sort of take a moment to illuminate, no pun intended, on that too, because there, we're sitting in a space right now, more than ever, because I don't think it existed before, is we get to make an impact on our community that we, that we are so passionate about. It's, it's being larger than ourselves. It's, it's actually taking a step outside. Yes, we have to fill our own cup, and yes, we have to, to be centered on who we are and at peace with ourselves and we have this opportunity to impact people around us so that they can find that for themselves too whatever way is meaningful so i'm i'm curious like what that looks like for you right now yeah absolutely and i just want to kind of circle back and, and wrap up that last thought was yeah. when you are so busy working 40 50 60 80 hours a week there's no time for the inner work. <clears throat> now we're abundant in that, right? And so now you, you have to look at it. I mean, if you wanted, you can escape into social media and stuff, but, but at a certain point, it's gonna catch up. And now is that time to do it. And um, what that looks like for, for me, meaning being a support, you're asking? Yeah, what that looks like for me as being a support, it is exactly that. Like I offer video calls, I offer phone calls. I have a lot of you know, free content on my website as well as more content to come um, around simple tools. And, and like I said earlier, I, I offer tools to people and I offer tools that, so they can do their own work and I'm gonna stand next to them and help support them through that. And for me, like, I have a multitude of programs. So it's, we can either do one-on-one -on -one hourly coaching. I have a 90-day program I offer and I have a six-week program that I offer. And within that, there's, there's um, it starts with a two-hour brainstorming session just to get it all on the paper. And kind of like what you just said, the reason I chose the title accountability coach is because, again, what you just said, I know what I need to do. Sometimes I'm needing support, and if I have no one to be accountable to, it ain't gonna get done, you know? And, and I've been in rooms with coaches of various sorts, athletic, personal, et cetera, who say, I know what I need to do, and if, but I have no one to be accountable to, and if I was my own coach, I, knew what I, I know what I need to do right now, but I'm not gonna do it. And I was like, well, that's fascinating, you know? So I have a tip to coaches, is bring yourself on as your own coach. <laughs> well, hire yourself and just say damn it okay this is what i need to do and just like write it down and keep yourself accountable or the other thing that i have that i offer is find an accountability buddy right and i have a video that i just posted on my social media two days ago this accountability buddy accountability buddy right you know find someone in your world that you know like and trust and that you can be accountable to and be each other's, right? Support each other on these tasks, right? So for me, that's where I am. I am the nonpartisan, non-biased, somewhat unknown entity, right? That you can hire and say, hey, I need help getting through this, be it a personal, career, romantic, personal growth, spiritual, leadership, whatever it may be that you're needing support on. And by and large, like I said, 
this is this is my belief it's not my belief it's my knowing is that all the answers are here guys they're right there they're not in this being they're not in Jocelyn. they're not in gurus they're they're all square in your head in your body not in your head actually it's in your heart is where the truth is and so i help remind people of that by asking them questions to do to offer them self-inquiry to themselves and then i offer them tools and i give them space to be in that because i'm really about empowerment in illuminate is about empowering about lighting your you know you you know one of my taglines is feel freer in your mind body and spirit by shining your light on yourself your career and your world right shine your light on that your inner light shine it on it and and all the answers will show up the, the kicker is you may not like the answer. <laughs> you may not like yeah. what the answer is, but you know, if you can come to terms with it, then, then, then that's gravy, baby. But, right. So I, I'm going to ask you, I want to hold you to that point about you may not like the answer because I guess the way that I sort of hear that and see that is you may not like the answer because it may hold a fear. Yeah. Is that, is that, sort of where you think that is or oh absolutely i mean and i'll be vulnerable uh on this because i think vulnerability i like i'm going to tag Brene brown vulnerability is the key to intimacy and without vulnerability i as a teacher and as a coach and as a leader i have to lead with that if i'm going to expect my clients to come my way then i need to meet them halfway and so um one of my biggest fears honestly and this sounds really funny is to be a parent right I, I am a parent to a lovely four-legged furry child who's sleeping right now. Um, but to have a human child scares me, honestly, just for a lot of reasons. And occasionally, because I'm an intuitive, I'm an empath uh, and a sensitive, I, I can be present to that there's this spirit that follows me and will talk with me sometimes. And it feels like it's my daughter wanting to come through. And I'm like, I love you, I hear you, and you scare the heck out of me, you know? And it... Um, I've done a lot of work on this, so I can share this without, you know, going too much into, into emotion around it. Um, but that's kind of where it is, right? So every time I hear her, I'm almost like, mm. I'm like, don't talk to me because I don't want to talk to you right now. But she's like, hi, let's go play. I'm like, mm, you know, because it's like, it, that's the thing I'm not willing to look at. Resistant to it. Right. Yeah. And as there's just a few things, what you resist persists, right? Yeah. And the other, the other thing I just want to talk on this call is this. Um, women know it as the ring of fire. There's, there's, it's the veil. It's the wall, whatever you want to call it. But here we are. Here is transition. Transition needs to happen. And, you know, we could call this the chrysalis, right? Caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly. Right? We'll just use that example. So we're over here. We're living in fear. And we know we need to go through this thing. It's not going to be very fun. But on the other end of that is, is right bliss and joy and wisdom and knowing yeah. that is not possible without going through that, right? So um, as a human, the literal birth from womb to, to, to earth, well, that's, kind of, that's kind of funny, from womb into the third dimension, that is one of those transitions, right? Yeah. And so that is integral in any aspect of personal growth you know it's um joseph campbell calls it the the, the hero's journey right you have the, uh, the the descent the ordeal and the ascent and there's many complicated ways of describing that but the the, the person and this is in hollywood it's in books harry potter big harry potter fan right like each book follows that archetype it like keeps you riveting right <clears throat> and at the bottom the the hero has to look at what he doesn't want to look at and fight his demons and kill them or at least subdue them and get above them and then only after that really really hard thing a new reality comes and from that he has to rebuild his life right so that's the hero journey archetype that is in almost every hollywood film and and good book that you love to read and that's the journey of personal growth that i talk about i have been on that a lot um just to kind of plug another little bit is um, the Mankind Project is a conscious uh, men's organization has been around since the 80s. I've been a part of that. I'm currently on hiatus from that. Um, but I was a part of that organization for four years. I helped staff 12 or 13 weekends in that. And so like I've been on the battlefield, literally, and helping support men. And I love working with men. I work with both women and men. But I love working with men, especially on this um, 
because uh, just to quote my really dear, dear brother, Nako Bear, it's just like, um, oh man, of course I'm not gonna remember. Dear, dear, um, uh, for my brothers, let me be a mountain under which he climbs to discover his process. Now that's progress, right? Like if as a man, I can support other men to get on their journey, then like I'll do that practically for free because like I really want to help other men get up. I mean, yeah, I'm still going to charge them, but like it, there's no greater well, there's, benefit. It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. I mean, you are, you know, the, the idea of being self-employed, yes, you have a gift. You have a gift. We have all, all here to share our gift with the world. I, right. I firmly believe that. Um, right. And whatever that way means that, that takes to discover your gift, um, and then finding a vehicle in which and it's absolutely acceptable to be paid and, and compensated for that. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm not saying that. Believe me, so, I, I know my value and worth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like, you know, the reason, and we, we talked about this um, earlier before we got on the call, was I had, you know, my, my gift is communication. I know that. I've always known that. I never knew how that was going to is it, is it what? I didn't hear you? Com com a communicator. I'm a communicator. communicator. Okay. Yeah. And I'm a connector. Um, I always have been. And that's what brings me great joy. And so when I start to follow that, that's how I know that I'm on the path. Yeah. And I sat for about a year dormant with this, 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 this show because it didn't, it didn't feel like it aligned at the time. I burnt out. I can give you all sorts of reasons, all sorts of stories. <laughs> Of why and yet <laughs> here i am sitting in the space now where the world has quieted and i am taking a look at spending more time with me and i think oh my gosh where's my impact because i i know that i have to make an impact larger than myself and fortunately like i've still had a little bit of work to do and i i have a young child and i also have the abundance of time right now and i was like what is my impact and even if i hadn't had that Time. I was feeling that way three weeks ago, four weeks ago. What's my impact on, on the community? And, and this is it. It's bringing forth other people's stories and providing a platform where you get to share how you're impacting your community and, and the people that you care about and the, the things that you care about. So that, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the plus. The reality is it, 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 it feels good. Yeah. And, and I want to sort of take a moment to, to sit on that because I want to go back to a point you made earlier. Um, this feels good to me. And when we follow our joy, when we discover our joys and we follow our joys, we get to live in that space. I don't, and I really want to make sure that I do not mean to gloss over the things that are truly happening in our world right now. Yeah. But, here's, but here's opportunity. So I want to go back to you know, we talked, we began this conversation a little bit about your journey and how you started with your massage, but then people started asking you about coaching. How have you followed your joy through this journey? I just want to start with my quote from Alan Watts is Alan Watts is a big, big, big teacher of mine. I'm a huge student of him. And he says that when he used to be a, like a guidance counselor at a high school, and when kids would, ask, kids would ask him what to do, he goes, well, what's your joy? What's your passion? And do that. And they go, but it doesn't make any money. And he goes, I don't care. He goes, it'd be an artist, ride horses, whatever it is that truly brings you joy and do that. Do that for so long, understand it, study it, practice it, know it, own it. And then guess what? At some point, people are going to start paying you money. And he goes, he made a vow to himself at the age of seven or nine years old that he would never work a day in his life and he never did. And that's one of the happiest mans I've ever, you know, it's just like this listening to him. You can feel that. You can feel the jovial and the happiness in him as he, and the freedom that comes in him. So that's, that's for me in coaching. I could just said a minute ago, I, I would work with men for free. I mean, that's how much passion I have around this, right? And so for me, there's that there's that age-old saying that initially when I heard it I wanted to scream and run away was if money was no object what would you do what would you do what would you do to fill your day is it reading books is it painting is it hiking is it gardening is it what 
you know, and, and find that. And, and I promise you that if you kind of sort through that, you're going to find something that happens. And I even heard this, I've heard this a, a number of ways recently is the same question. What's my mission? What's my purpose in the world? Right. And how about we stop focusing on that end goal, stop focusing on the attachment to what it is, mm -hmm. and just do in our daily lives what we love, what brings us joy, meditation, playing with our animals, our children, or whatever, and eventually it's going to just percolate to the top, right? So Another way I'll say this. It's also when opportunities start to show up. Right, because you're, you're going to, especially in this space, you're going to gravitate to what feeds you, what brings you joy and gratitude. And, and also, too, uh, this is a metaphor and its reality is you can't chase a butterfly. You can't catch a butterfly. Yes, you can use the net, says the ego. But, like, honestly, the best way to catch a butterfly is to sit still and let it land on you. And, and that's just a metaphor for what I'm talking about, right? Is in order to find joy, do what you normally do and do the things that bring you joy. And all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, I want to do this. Like, paint pots. You know, uh, my, my roommate's girlfriend was over the other day, and she started just painting pots for fun. So what are you going to do with them? I'm like, I don't know. I just really enjoy doing this, but I might sell them at the farmer's market or, if you, or sell them to clients. I'm like, look at that. Like, you know, this is just a side thing that she is doing, but she's having fun. And, hey, she makes a buck in the end. You know, that, that's kind of what we're talking about. The right? buck so, was just, it was never about the buck. No, it was never about the buck. It was the fact that she was having fun painting these beautiful pots. And I'm looking at it over here because they're over here on my left. But she painted these beautiful pots. And she was doing because she was having fun and she had nothing else to do. She's like, I'm going to paint some pots and I'm going to do some therapy and have some fun. And same thing with musicians. Like musicians, like right now, I just want to like honor and thank all the musicians out there. There's a lot of musicians working for free right now, like doing it on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook. And that's because it, it, I've heard a few of them say, I need this. I need to play for you. I need to play in order for myself to feel better. Yeah. That is exactly what we're talking about. Johnson, and that's, right? and like, that's where the ripple effect begins. Right. And, and, it's, and, and, and it's absolutely, a, a, you know, it, it, sometimes it's a, selfish to say I'm doing things to make me feel good well guess what I, I disagree wholeheartedly um, it's selfish for you not to right yeah and, and that's old paradigm again I like to talk about this old paradigm new paradigm sort of idea and old paradigm is you're being selfish you're being thoughtless and you're only thinking of yourself it's like yes I am because like you know I need to take care of me and if my cup's not full then I'm not going to be helpful to anyone else especially as a practitioner right? As a teacher, as a coach, all this stuff. Like if I am feeling weathered and tired and exhausted, I'm the last person that you want help from because you're not going to get quality care out of me. So that's the other paradigm that I, I don't want to break is be selfish. It's okay. Yeah. Like you have responsibilities and obligations to dependence. Don't break that. But at the same time, I've seen some really healthy relationships between mom and child where the mom's like, look, kid, like I got to go take care of myself. Here's some stuff. And the kid, if you anchor that in at an early age, I, I saw this relationship between mom and son where the son was like 10. He's like, mom, I'm sick of you. I want to go spend a weekend with, with gram, grandma and grandpa. And she's like, bye. And grandma and grandpa came and picked him up. And then he went and she had a week to herself. Right. I'm like, that was amazing. The fact that she anchored independence into that and self-care into that where he's like mom i'm sick of you and the fact that he felt safe and comfortable enough to speak his truth and get what he wanted yeah and it's all that's being selfish selfish is like hey i'm sick of you mom i'm gonna you know and when i, I almost was brought to tears when i saw that i'm like that's amazing that's healthy that's actually right? how things that's how things roll in my house with my five-year-old uh i i you know, I share time with him between myself and my dad. And when he's here, yes, I have him 50% of the time. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have mom guilt because I do, you know, sure. I, I judge myself on that. And at the same time, I allow him to be bored. You know why? Because he is such a, it has spread so much creativity with him. And I'm going to talk to take that boredom here to the largest extent of what's happening right now, because I think 
a lot of people are, you know, now feeling they might be coming across this feeling of boredom. And, and, I, and there's complexity to all of this, right? Oh, yeah. The social isolation, it's, oh my gosh, the freedoms that I thought I once had have been removed, but actually reality is you have more freedom now to really explore. Um, this is, the boredom is where creativity grew. Yeah. Um, I think, was I, was it, um, you know, like I think in the last recession is when Uber and Lyft were born and Airbnb were born right. in recessions. So this is the breeding ground for creativity. And, and when people say that they're not creative, I, I combat that every single time because, you know, I can see like accountants saying, okay, well, I don't have, like, I don't paint, I don't sing, I don't, whatever. Okay, so those are, those have been in the model of creativity. Yeah, I bet you, if they start looking at the math um, of how they get from point A to point B and they find a different pathway, that's creation. That's still creative. You may not, it may not be in the, what we quote unquote say the traditional sense, but you found a new, a new way. That's, that's creativity. And I think that, that's the, the space that we live in now. And, and to circle back something you said earlier about the, the um, riding the wave and entrepreneurs tend to, to do it a little faster. Um, that's because they have, you know, I think there's a sense of being detached from it. I was talking with a guest, a guest the other day and her, her business is 100% reliant on restaurants. She brings people together and they have, she's, she hosts dinners. Uh, brings, you know, and they go to different cultural um, restaurants. Well, guess what? That certainly was halted when restaurants closed. And yet, in those last two weeks, she shifted. She wasn't attached. She wasn't attached to that very concrete piece. She knew her, her principle and created a new path and created a new partnership that she's still taking and supporting those restaurants and now supporting in another way. And I just thought that was such a beautiful, that's such a beautiful piece to, to circle back to what you said earlier, um, just like yours. I mean, you, you know, you said that you began with body work and then, and then you got quiet and your customers, your clients are coming to you and saying, can I talk about, can we talk about that a little bit and how that's generated? Clarify the question, getting um, quiet. Um, when you got quiet and your clients are coming to you and saying, can we just talk? I don't necessarily want to do the body work and just talk. What did that illuminate for you? And how did you take that and, and transition? To the what it illuminated for me was there is more value here than I'm perceiving. And I'm offering more than just touch, right? Because the, the realm of body work that I do is completely unique in on itself. But what I realized, and these were with women, by the way, I just want to note that, which was even more of like a, whoa, okay, I'm actually holding space and helping these women feel comfortable in a space where they're wanting to share their, um, share their vulnerabilities with me. And I was just like, whoa. And so for me, as they're talking, and it's really funny, the first time it happened, uh, the woman walked in and she's like, uh, good friend of mine now, actually. She walked in and she was like, um, not really needing anything. I just need to talk. She goes, don't worry, I'm still going to pay you. <laughs> she goes, and if there's time at the end, then we'll have whatever body work to integrate. But she goes, I just really just need to speak this right now. And I was just sitting back and I was just like, and I just sat in my chair and I just listened. And I'm like, okay, because right now that's what she gave. She gave me permission to listen and be with her. She didn't say I need advice. I need counsel. I need support. She just, I just need to be heard. I said, okay. So I sat there and I listened to her experience. And inside of that, yeah, I think what I learned was just like, there's value. I'm offering value. So it gave me a chance after that session to sit and say, what am I really offering? And then it started happening more and more. I'm like, hmm. Okay, I'm, I, it, clearly this is not about hands-on, right? This is about being present and listening. And, and this is huge. And this is really, what I think, what came across, and, there, and there's a lack of this right now, is people fully listening to listen. Like when I'm listening to people, I am all there. I am not thinking about anything else. It's be here now completely for me, right? Be here with this individual. And the other thing is, and this is more of a male 
uh, masculine archetype is listening to or waiting to speak. I'm not actually listening to what you're saying, but I'm just waiting for you to get done talking so that I can talk at you and, and try to convince you of my point of what you should be doing or uh, or the other the other great thing that the, the masculine principle does is I'm going to listen to you talk and I'm going to take notes and then I'm going to tell you where you're wrong and then I'm going to tell you what you should be doing instead. <laughs> I, hate that word. I hate that word should. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm speaking very loosely in all of this. You get that, right? But inside of that, that's sort of the place that, where it is. And so for me, uh, I almost take the feminine perspective. I'm just, I'm just going to sit and listen, right? And then there's this lovely saying that I have is, is there anything that you're needing right now? Or is there anything else that you're needing? Anything else that you're needing to say? Or is there anything that I can do for you? Right? Because it's, it's offering an invitation is, is there? As opposed to the what can I? Right. And so it's the invitation of just holding space for that individual as they're going through it. And what you're asking, what did I get out of that is exactly that, is that this person is valuing and trusting my opinion and my confidence and my energy being whatever, you know, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. You took action on it. Yeah. I mean, it took me a while to sit with it. And eventually I started teaching classes. That was the next step was I started teaching started teaching to groups of people and kind of reading on that level, which I love doing um, on that level. And then from there, um, then like I said, about two years ago, I finally opened the door vulnerably. And I want to say this, both for myself, because I didn't get it, but also for those people out there who are wanting to step forward into coaching, into anything that they feel scared to do, is um, <clears throat> the very first client I had, he signed up with me and this is, I'm going to paraphrase pretty much a quote. He goes, Brian, I'm choosing to work with you because you're infallible. You're not infallible. Meaning like, I know that you're not perfect. I know that you don't have all the answers. I don't want to work with someone who thinks they're perfect and has all the answers because that's not going to help me grow at all. I want someone who's going to walk that journey with me and help me figure it out with me as opposed to knowing what I need to do from the outset before we've even done anything at all. And when he said that, I nearly fell over <laughs> because that was the confidence and validation that I was needing is he's not working with me for my brain. He's working with me because of my heart and, and the energy that I'm bringing forward. You know, and I've actually had this um, conversation with a few other people who are in coaching or other, other, any other sense, or teachers, especially teachers. Um, when someone comes to me and says, hey, can you teach me? And I'm like, well, what about all of them? Like, meaning like the lineage of teachers who I've studied with, and I'll happily acknowledge, I'll give you all of their texts, and this is what I've done. And they go, no, 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 you. I want to work with you. I'm like, me? They're like, yeah, you. I'm like, hmm. And it's this humbling, sort of scary experience. And I'm curious if you can resonate with this, but it's this humbling, scary experience of going, I'm valuable. I'm worthy and I have an importance and a gift to offer someone. That's kind of scary. It's kind of scary because all of a sudden it's like, I have responsibility for this human now. <laughs> and, but I don't No, But I mean, I mean, initially that's the thought, right? But once you get through it, it's like, Oh yeah, this is their own journey and I'm going to feed them some grapes while we're on it, you know, but that's the process. And I'm just wanting to share that with people and I've never shared it with anyone publicly before so so for those that you're on this journey that's part of it there's a lot of individual steps that come along the way of getting to a place of confidence and stability and that's that's what i bring as a coach right? i bring that i walk that walk and i talk my talk and i do it you know and that's what it is i think when you start to own that vulnerability it becomes it turns it actually transitions to confidence. When I started this show, it, when I had the idea for the show, it took me three weeks to. I, I had the idea like that. It was like I was on a. I was driving. That's where I think the most clearly. It took me three weeks to buy the equipment. <laughs> it took me no time at all to ask my friend. Uh, to show me how to do all this stuff because he had a show and that's sort of where the launching ground was. It took no time at all. I had absolute, a thousand percent confidence. Show me how to do this. 
all right, it took me three weeks to buy the equipment. It took me another three weeks to book my first guest. And I will tell you, there were softballs. The first two guests were softballs. One was my sister. Um, fortunately, she fit the she fit the guidelines of, of entrepreneur um, and, and taking that leap of faith. And then another was a friend that I'd reconnected with uh, that I'd begun my, when I first decided I was leaving my marriage, she was the first person I think I told. Second mm-hmm. person I told. First was my sister, and then I told her. Um, so these were softball. These were people that I really trusted who'd been my my support system when I went through my divorce and when I went through this self-discovery and, and my own awakening. And the biggest fear that I had going into it was I don't like my own voice. As much as I love to talk and as much as I like to communicate, <laughs> don't mm-hmm. particularly like listening to my own voice. To this day, I've, I've probably listened to two or three of my own shows, truly. Aside from You're editing, not alone in that, by the way. I, I'm certain I'm not. I think a lot of us do <laughs> in the world. Um, but the moment that I let that go, it didn't matter. I realized it just didn't, it didn't even matter. And it's funny. So this morning, just something just hit me. Yeah, we all, we all get messages in our different ways. This morning, I, I wake up at sometimes with a song in my head. Not every morning. But this morning, um, literally, it was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen. And the verse was, nothing really matters to me. And that might have also been spirited because I was reading um, um, Byron Katie last night. I was reading um, Mind at Home with Itself. And gosh, I hadn't, I, I was familiar with the work, but I hadn't read any of her books. I started reading this last night. And wow, how just just a t- transformational individual. I don't quite realize the plane in which she exists. So that might have also contributed to that. But um, to go to circle back, the the piece about facing and walking into your, like literally walking into your fear. For me, it's not walking. The reason the show is called Leap is it's I'm literally I'm taking leap into it, and it can feel terrifying. I don't, I, I don't want to dismiss that because I will tell you, I still feel that terror of I'm going to go do this thing and it scares the bejesus out of me and yet I know it's going to be okay. Whatever happens is going to be okay. Yep. Life continues. Yeah. So, and I have a few responses to that. Let me just write them down. Go for it. So. Oh, no, go for it. I know I'm writing them down so I remember... Uh, so the first thing I want to respond to that is <clears throat> literally academically, when I was in massage school, um, after six months, we were given the assignment of, um, or in the first six months, we were given the assignment that we had to massage 10 people and it had to be friends or family. And afterwards they had to literally fill out a, or actually it was 30 actually, 30 friends and family. Um, they had to fill out a little questionnaire afterwards saying like, what was the experience? And they intentionally said, you know, you're not going to get paid for this, but you need to work on friends and family, people who you know and you understand. So that, that way um, you can kind of build trust with them, just like what you just said with your sister and your husband. Right. And so like, that is important. Like start small. Like I said, I've been coaching for a long time with friends you know, from high school and I didn't realize what I was doing. And I just thought they were asking for my opinion. Right. Uh, point two that I want to make is Dave Grohl. For those of you who don't know who Dave Grohl is, he was the drummer for Nirvana. He's the lead man of Foo Fighters. Yes. Amazing man. And I've been following him for years and I've been listening to some of his interviews lately. And he said something really important to like budding musicians. He goes, I don't care. You don't need to start off with the high-end equipment. He goes, go to a garage sale, buy a POS, drum set, amp, guitar, whatever, and just play. And then once you get play, just record it. Don't care how good or bad it sounds, just do it, right? Sounds horrible. With your singing, just sound, just make a mess. Just do it. Because by the act of doing it, you're improving your skill. Whether you want to agree to that or not, you are. 
right? And so the, and, and in fact, it's like, I also encourage people to mess up, right? Because it's through mistakes that you're going to get better, right? You know, it, it's, it's those falls and falls on the ground, face planting, getting up, dusting yourself off, riding that wave, right? You're going to lose the surfboard. You're going to crash. It's going to happen. But the more you do it, you're building that muscle and it's going to get easier and easier. You don't, you don't sit down at a piano for the first time and nail it like Bach, right? It's going to sound like cat walking on a keyboard for the first month, probably, right? So, and then the last thing I want to talk on is I've actually heard a number of musicians, I'm going to personally uh, tag uh, Trevor Hall because I've heard him say this a number of times live when I was in, I've seen him live a number of times, but He's even said on stage and in interviews, he goes, it doesn't matter how many times I play. And this is a guy that's been a musician his entire life. He goes, it doesn't matter how many times I get on stage. The moment before I go on stage, I'm scared on my mind every time. And he'll get up there and sometimes he forgets words. I mean, I was at a, I don't know how many shows I've been to in the last six months were musicians. Well, who was it? Um, Ingrid Michaelson. I was at a show in Ann Arbor for the Folk Festival in January. Ingrid Michaelson completely forgot the words to her song and literally says on stage, it's just her, there's no backing band. Hey, someone in the front here, pull out your phone and look up the words to my song so I can remember what it is. And I was just like, right on, sister. Like that is bravery beyond anything. And so someone in the front row hands her her phone, hands her the phone, and she looks at it, she goes, oh, right, thank you, and like hands it back down, then sings the song. Like that level, Ingrid Michaelson is a well-known, you know, I want to cut that down now for a second. Not to dismiss the point. Ingrid Michaelson and Dave Grohl are people just like you and me. What they've done is it tapped into that, their own intentional greatness. We all have it. There's a third person I want to sort of bring up. Um, Gary Vee. I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Vee. He is a media mogul um, based in New York City, motivational speaker. And I follow him. and He's loud. And there's been times where I've had to sort of tune him out because I kind of have gotten overwhelmed. I've gotten back into following him pretty regularly. He's quieted quite a bit. He still is intense. He's super intense, but really his messages have been for a very long time all about gratitude for what you already have and doing what makes you happy. And this man is a millionaire. He's, you know, he's in, yeah, he's doing, he's very successful. He doesn't rest on his laurels, though. What he does, he rests on his gratitude of what he already has, and he does what he loves. And he, nice. you will hear him say that in every interview he ever does on his own or interviewing other people. And he, that's his mantra. So we're talking about both those things. And yes, we're fallible. Uh, you know, we're fallible. I remember the first, the first client that chose me said something very similar. And I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, it just, that it's overwhelming, I'm responsible for this other being. I'm like, no, I'm not. What I'm responsible for is holding space and asking him questions to look at himself. And being that, I call coaching, meaning being a meaningful mirror. Because, and anything that shows up in those conversations, they're your lessons. As much as, they, as, much as you're there for the client, holding space for the client, they're your lessons. Funny how that all works. Oh yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, and in fact, the last few clients that I've had, as they were like laying out their, their work, I'm like, oh shit, like, this, is, this is totally my stuff that I'm going through right now, but I'm kind of like one or two levels ahead of them on it, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, okay, I can hold space to this and we're both gonna learn. And, and sometimes I'll say that, I'm like, this is my work too, man. Like, I get it. And, and by leading with that vulnerability, it helps them feel more comfortable in the situation. Yeah. yeah. I call my, one of my gifts. <laughs> I've had, um, I have a lot of, somehow people feel that they're comfortable crying in front of me and in conversation mm-hmm. with me, whether full on yeah. sobs or just 
like tears, but like all of a sudden that, that piece breaks, they, their walls start to break down and their masks start to come off. So I'm grateful for that. I, I prefer that they not cry, but not, and I should clarify that. It's not the case. Um, I'm grateful that they, that they feel that comfortable. Right. That I've been able to create that space. And on that, yeah. well, I, I want to, um, because we are kind of coming up on our hour, so I want to ask any final thoughts, uh, wrap-up thoughts that you'd like to share and, and how can people learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to, uh, one, I love to create levity, <clears throat> okay? I love to create humor and jokes. And for a while, I used to, my nickname for myself was The Moon because, like, I would have bodywork clients who I didn't, they didn't know me, I didn't know them, and we're just, like, meeting each other before they're even sitting down in the treatment room. They're already, like, I'm already watching the tears fall and they're apologizing. I'm like, no, like I'm humbled. I'm, I'm humbled and honored that you feel that comfortable with me already. And I haven't even really said hello yet, you know? Um, so yeah. So one, thank you. Gratitude practice is huge. So thank you, Jocelyn, for having me on. This has been absolutely wonderful. I fully support gratitude practice. And if you're wanting to know more about gratitude practice, I think I have some videos, if not more videos are going to be coming on that. But gratitude, gratitude, gratitude is huge because it's helped me raise our vibration, our awareness. And it doesn't matter how small it is. And I'll just say this and I'll go into my wrap is when I was in Denver area, I worked at a spinal cord injury clinic where I work with paraplegic and quadriplegic, quadriplegic patients. And what I realized that, out of that is I can't have a bad day when I go in there. I have voluntary action of all my muscles, my body, my bowel and bladder, I can feed myself, I can walk on my own two legs, and I can do whatever I want whenever I want. And what people don't realize is that alone, I have eyes that can see, ears that can hear, a mouth that can talk and speak, nose that can breathe, and lungs that can breathe, hands that can move, legs that can move, on my own, on my own control. That is a gift beyond measure from the start. I just gotta say that, and people must be, might roll their eyes, but when you're a quad or a paraplegic, it really opens. It really opened my eyes. It really did. So with that, if you want to know more about me, multiple ways you can do it. Um, my lovely complicated three syllable, 10 letter last name, Treskowski, Brian M. Treskowski.com is my website. Um, you can see it here in the zoom, but if you're listening, Brian with an I, M is in Matthew Treskowski, T-R-U-S-K-O-W-S-K-I.com, Brian M. Treskowski.com. Um, from there, I have a Facebook page, which is Illuminate, and my Instagram handle is illuminate.ing, and those are the ways that you can contact me. Um, you can get my content there, get what's going on there, and from my website, you can get contact information. You can see what services I offer, um, depending on where you are. I work all around. The, I do video chat, so I can work anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world you are, I can do video coaching and support. I also, um, like I said, after this call, which will be too late by then, but I'll be doing online courses and classes and doing a self-care massage class. And I'm planning on putting those on my website so people can watch them in the post for a pay-per-view sort of idea. Um, and just know this, I think closing arguments is no matter how silly it sounds, do what drives you, do what makes you fun, do what you love. Because chances are, you already know what it is. And like as I tell there's their old saying is the hardest journey is to take 18 inches from the head to the heart. But my belief is the even harder journey is, is the 10 inches from the heart to the mouth. And if you can get what's passionate here out through your mouth, then you're unstoppable. That's really how I feel at the end of the day. And that's the journey I have with my clients is going from their heart to their mouth and getting it out. And it's such a beautiful journey to witness and behold. So um, yeah, that's, that's my closing sentiments. So again, thank you, gratitude for, for all it is, for lovely technology like this that we're able to have this sort of communication and my message can get spread. And besides that, all the people in the world who are looking for content like this, that they have access to that any time of day. And I think that's just amazing. And, and in light of what's going on right now, I just want to say what I'm grateful for about globally right now is that we are coming together. We are all in the same playing field. 
There's no isms happening. There's no judgment. Divisiveness has dropped. Political lines have dropped. And people are coming together to support people. And that brings me to tears. It brings me to tears to know that people are coming together to support people, to know that humanity actually exists and we all really love one another. And that is something that I'm beyond grateful for because I'm glad to know that at the end of the day, when the F is hitting the fan, like it is right now, we're all good. We have people who love us, take care of us, strangers, feeding people, strangers, housing people. It's just people stepping up and it's amazing. It's amazing. So that's what I'm grateful for. That's just one snippet of it. So. Brian, thank you so much. (laughs) Lighting up our world today and sharing your gift. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. I appreciate it. Yep. All right. Be well. Thank you so much. Thank you.